welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hello and welcome to Healthcare IT Today, where we explore the latest trends and interesting stories in health IT. I'm Colin Hung, and on today's program, we're going to explore an area of healthcare that we don't get a chance to explore very often, and that is autism. And joining me on this journey and giving me the education of how their organization is helping people uh, with autism is Chris Sullins, Chief Executive Officer at Central Reach, and Nissa Van Etten, Director of Assessment and Clinical Training, also at Central Reach. Chris, Nissa, welcome to the program. Thanks, Colin. Uh, excited to be here. Thank you for having us. So let's dive right in. Um, your company, Central Reach, helps people with autism. Can both of you talk a little bit about the latest trends and challenges in this area of healthcare? You know, when we think about kind of autism and, and um, some of the dynamics uh, that are in the marketplace, um, you know, I think it really revolves around three kind of big areas. So uh, one is there's a severe capacity constraint, certainly across the healthcare landscape. I think, um, you know, a lot of healthcare verticals, uh, if you will, um, are affected, you know, by staffing constraints and, and things of that nature. I think when it comes to autism, um, you know, that uh, constraint is is significant. So there's about 2 million individuals under the age of 18 uh, who are diagnosed to be on the spectrum today. Um, there's about 59,000 board certified behavior analysts um, who are kind of the quarterbacks of care <clears throat> um, and who need to be associated with a case um, to get reimbursement from insurance and certainly to produce kind of the outcomes that um, that, uh, that everyone's looking for. And so when you think about, you know, that number of kind of therapists, the number of individuals and families that need assistance um, and a normal, I'll say caseload uh, for a, a BCBA, um, you know, we estimate that there's probably less than half of the number of uh, BCBAs in the market to serve kind of the community that needs needs assistance. And so, um, you know, what that means is every single one of our customers, um, every single one of the providers in, in the market have significant waiting lists of families who need help, um, have the means to be able to receive and pay for that help, whether it's through insurance or, or privately. Um, but can't do it just because there isn't somebody to kind of help. And so, uh, so for a technology provider like us, you know, we're constantly kind of thinking about how can we help close that gap through technology? How can we streamline process? How can we take some of the kind of uh, repeatable, you know, I'll say back office things off of the therapist plate so that they can spend more time with the individuals kind of that, that they're, they're working with? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I think the field has um, moved in a direction in which technology does support the way that we can spend time with our clients. It allows us to kind of evaluate how they're doing. It allows us to capture that data immediately. Um, I think back to when I was new in the field and everything was done manually. Paper, pencil, you know, I had to have my pen, my graphing right in front of me. And um, to be able to see the impact I was making meant that I had to sit 
after the session when the learner was not with me and see if I was making the right adjustments to intervention. Now that's done with a click of a button and I can pivot immediately within that moment. So, you know, I think that we're moving in a really great space where technology is going to help us become more efficient um, to help these learners meet their outcomes that will help them become more independent. Now, one of the areas that uh, your company uh, addresses is something called an intellectual and development developmental disability or an IDD. Can you explain for our audience uh, what that is? Sure. So some of the individuals that uh, we serve or the organizations that we support serve are those with autism and IDD. Individuals with autism and IDD typically display deficits in communication skills. So being able to ask for their needs and wants when you know speaking to family or teachers, um, adaptive living skills. So some of those self-help skills that we um, expect a lot of our children to gain as they increase in their um, age and independence. And then social communication. So really being able to build meaningful relationships with others. A lot of those skill sets um, when assessed accurately and you know, utilizing an assessment that pinpoints where they need treatment helps us really move the needle in a very individualized capacity. And that's a lot of the crux of the services that ABA provides with these individuals. And, and how are people assessed for IDD today? And, and why in your mind does it need to be uh, fixed, if you will? <laughs> So I can speak, the assessment process for a diagnosis is a little bit different than the assessment of skills. Um, The assessment process for a diagnosis typically comes from an MD or a PhD who might be a neuropsychologist who identifies the markers of autism and identifies the need for intervention with the diagnosis. Uh, The assessments that we provide here at Central Reach are criterion referenced. Um, They're really best in class ABLES are and AFLES, and they are criterion, meaning we're looking at mastery of skills according to the individual. We're not comparing them to other neurotypical peers, not what other two or four-year-olds can do, but truly, can this individual become more independent in you know, asking mom for the things that they need so that they can um, have their needs met or, you know, washing their hands after they use the bathroom. The assessment process in the services that our organizations provide are typically uh, done at intake. So the first time you meet an individual, identifying what they can and cannot do. And then again, six months later at reauthorization, um, if you're working with a funding source, at that six months, what you're wanting to look at is as a result of the treatment I've provided, did this individual acquire the skills that I thought were necessary to move them further along in treatment? I think just um, <clears throat> to build on that, you know, one of the challenges um, within the, the kind of industry um, is really um, determining kind of what is driving um, positive outcomes. Um, and and doing that in a consistent kind of manner because again it's so individualized um, and each therapist kind of has an approach typically that they've had success with and so um, so this is it's very different than some other healthcare you know kind of verticals if you will where it's like okay well I need knee surgery like there's kind of one way to do it generally. <laughs> Um, and that produces the outcome here. It's just, there's a wide range. And so when you think about the importance of the assessment and why we've made the acquisition uh, of the ABLESR and, and the AFLES and are embedding those into our product to kind of make it more a streamlined part of the workflows to understand kind of what's driving outcomes, you really need to understand what is the things that you need um, to kind of work with with that particular child, 
Um, you need to understand what is it you did, uh, which is all digitized in, in the workflow within our system. Um, and then you need to look at the data that came out of it and say, okay, did that work? Did it not work? And that's generally kind of how ABA works. But I think doing that, you know, at scale um, and kind of applying lessons learned across kind of the entire population uh, really becomes like an opportunity for us to help guide therapists and guide uh, those that are working with these children to kind of understand what is the highest likelihood kind of protocol curriculum that will drive a positive outcome based on this assessment profile. So it sounds like the this assessment is sort of the crux, right? You get this right, and then the the the, the treatment, the 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 um, and how you help the individual really flows from that. So it, to me, it sounds like getting this correct and getting this done quickly, it you know, is core to having good outcomes for the individual. Absolutely, and I think you know to add on to that, one of the things that we know in the next decade, there will be about 700,000 adolescents with autism moving into adulthood. So what we've done here at Central Reach in working to kind of get that assessment correct is we've combined the two, um, we call them CR assessments now, to really support learners across the lifespan. So a lot of what we've seen in meeting with other organizations and clinicians is that they had access to assessments for early, uh, early childhood and early intervention. And what we know is that we can't just treat individuals in early childhood and early intervention. We need to support them as they age into adolescence and adulthood. So combining these two cornerstone assessments allows clinicians to look at their treatment trajectory from intake. So maybe at the age of two, if they were diagnosed or provided services early enough, all the way through high school into vocational services, helping them um, get jobs, become contributors to their communities. And that is when we think about optimal outcomes and we look to the research, they're talking about individuals who are happy, right? They're, they're living happy lives. They're accessing um, social relationships with peers. They're also having friendships, being invited over to sleepovers and parties. And then also in terms of being independent, they can um, find employment and be contributing to the community in which they live. So combining these assessments allows clinicians to look at that early intervention treatment, but then start to plan for um, aging up and becoming more independent and feeding back the need for the treatment that we're providing. This is really fascinating. And uh, now I'm curious, obviously given our audience, can you maybe give us a uh, brief overview of how your technology actually works? In terms of how it works, it is a web browser login. Super easy for clinicians to log in from anywhere they're providing services. And what we've done um, is we've created an assessment where they truly do click to identify the response from the learner. So they've got a list of skills um, that they're looking to evaluate when they're working with the client. And when the skills are demonstrated, they fill in what we call a skills tracking grid. Uh, the point of the grid from both authors, Dr. Partington and Dr. Mueller, was truly to provide a visual analysis of learning. So if you look at a grid in the CR assessments, um, they kind of pop up empty when you're evaluating a learner, the skills aren't assessed. And as they're clicking the grid, they're starting to shade with color. And when you're repeating this assessment over time, so at you know, intake and then six months later, you're going to select a different color. At intake, I might select yellow. Six months later, I'm going to select blue. When the blue is filled in six months later, that indicates to me these are the skills this individual acquired as a result of the treatment. So again, the technology is super user-friendly. We see them log in, um, they go and click a, the skills that they're assessing. And then now with Central Reach kind of really owning all of the, um, the technology that we're able to pull reports to see which skills are most assessed 
which are the skills that we're looking at to provide more intervention and treatment. And what we've noticed is early intervention skills are highly and most frequently assessed. A lot of the providers, BCBAs, work in that um, capacity. But since we embedded the AFLs with the ABLES, we're seeing a lot of clicks and selection of skills for those um, independent living skills. So dishes, laundry, you know, being able to go into the community on their own to the grocery store. Uh, and super easy for the clinicians to take that with them on a phone or an iPad and begin to score as they're working with the learner. And is that the, the, the major benefits for the clinician is that it's just, it's right there, it's easy access, it's color coded. Um, it sounds like it just makes them more efficient and more effective at, at helping the learner. Absolutely. It allows them to evaluate and track that progress over time instead of having to go back. You know, I used to take the same data on my um, notebook. I would go in and I would start to grid it in in an Excel. And one, there's a lot of human error in that piece. That's, you know, I might have the wrong color. I didn't fill it in correctly. I might have I might have the wrong skill. Then I'm indicating this individual has already mastered something they might not be able to do. And then we put them in the scenario and that can cause frustration and even be dangerous for them. Um, so it's really, you know, taking away from what we've heard a lot of our customers say is that historical paper pencil use where they were running around after a client trying to capture skills. They might drop the notebook. You know, some of the, the learners they work with might engage in a tantrum or, you know, be upset um, and they're not able to, to manage that. Now it's you can put the phone down, work with the learner and pull it out and kind of click to score. And I think the other thing that you get with a, a digitized version, which again is hard to do and requires, as, as Nissa uh, points out, like just a lot of extra time and effort, um, is the ability to um, easily trend activity for that child. So all the data is now stored, obviously, in the database. Um, and I can easily pull not just, you know, what did it look like intake and six months later, but a lot of our, our clients are working with their clients for years. Um, and I can really see that progress kind of over time. And so the reporting, uh, the insights that come from the reporting and, and the things that we can do uh, from a technology standpoint are, are, are significant. And then I would say on the front end, and this I again can, can kind of talk to this, but it's hundreds to thousands of skills that can be assessed. So these tests are very broad in terms of the number of areas that we look at, and they're very deep in terms of kind of um, assessing skill in a particular area. And so, um, so historically, um, it's just, it's a little bit daunting when you kind of look at it and go, okay, where do I start? Which one should I do first? What happens if, you know, I assess a skill and they're not maybe good at that skill, do I need to keep continuing to kind of go down this path? Should I not? Um, and so we're working on, and this is part of, you know, what we're doing to evolve and improve kind of the assessment itself is uh, a much more simplified way based on uh, Dr. Partington's 40, 50 years, Dr. Mueller's, you know, tens of years, kind of working with these assessments, this is uh, experience with the assessment, uh, and then the data itself to help produce kind of a, almost like a question and answer type guide. You know, here's where you start based on the answer to this question, you can skip the next three questions and you can jump to, you know, question six, which sounds relatively like simple in practice, um, but can be hugely beneficial to a therapist, especially when they're in front of a child and really trying to, um, you know, make sure they both get it right, but, but, uh, but do it in a very streamlined and, and fast way. I mean, it's very clear from what both of you are saying that 
implementing your solution is definitely going to help uh, in the assessment and in producing the uh, the right uh, treatment plan and, and learning plans for these individuals. Uh, but is there something you know short of that or or maybe before that 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 people listening and watching this can do to to make that process better? I mean, I think you know one. Um talking to the clinicians, those individuals who are on the floor, asking them, how can we support you in making this process better? How can we become more efficient in uh, your assessment process? And two, I think, you know, there is no other proponent who truly believes moving from paper and pencil to digital assessments um, other than myself. I mean, before I joined Central Reach, I was still conducting assessments with the manuals in front of me. Uh, it is a large um, piece of the time where I wasn't able to spend time with clients. So I think that going in and you know looking at the digital solutions, looking at ways that you can build more efficiencies for your clinicians so they can do the, the work that is really important is the best way any organization can move ahead. And, and if I was a CEO of a hospital or a, a, you know, a healthcare leader at an organization, what would you tell me to convince me that it, it's time to invest and look at this process and make it better? Like, why is it, why is, why should this be on my priority list? I think it's looking at um, time spent, you know, with documentation and paperwork. I, I know that a lot of organizations think about that, all of that, uh, what we call notes taking non-billable soap note time is efficient now that you've got a digital technology that can help support that process. That's, you know, a few clicks of a button and you have what a child should and should not learn. You have an idea of what that client can and cannot do. And then it populates a report where you can just take that report and go and work with the individual. So you're removing the inefficiencies of all of the note-taking components that we know healthcare providers are required to document. It's all there in your EMR. You can pull it for audits. You can submit it. Um, and then again, as a clinician who's been in the space for years, you're protected as the clinician that if someone says, where were you July 12th at 9 a.m., I can pull that report. Um, I can say I conducted an assessment and here are the data that indicate I was spending time with that client. And I think, um, you know, the interesting thing here is this is a bit of like the holy grail of what we all want, which is this is an opportunity, you know, if I'm the CEO of, you know, a, a provider to improve outcomes, but do it in a way that also Im increases efficiency, right? So a lot of times it's like, okay, efficiency potentially is like cutting corners or shaving things. And, you know, what is the actual outcome for the, for the learner? But in this case, um, you know, I'm creating efficiencies, but the data fidelity uh, and the ability to kind of lean on that data uh, and the time savings for my team um, all are there. Um, but they all feed into what we all want, which is, you know, improving the outcomes for, for kind of the learner. So, uh, so we get, you know, a better client experience, better learner experience, uh, and frankly, a better staff experience um, as well. Yeah, and I think it goes also back to something you said right at the top, Chris, you know, we have an access, we don't have enough uh, people doing this. And so mm -hmm. having, making them more effective and efficient can also help with access challenges, uh, which, which I think is also a great benefit to, to what you guys are doing. Let me ask this final question. Uh, you know, where can people go to find more information about Central Reach? 
Well, I would definitely direct them to centralreach.com. I think uh, if you explore the website, there's a, a wide range of solutions that we offer for not only clinicians, but special educators. Um, so we've got all kinds of solutions that support the, the needs of behavior analytic providers. And then um, we've got a team of experts that are truly touching every part of Central Reach as an organization in product, in development, in training. Um, we have uh, a platform that provides training to clinicians uh, because we also know that we wanna support them as they develop in their careers. Fantastic. Well, Chris, Nissa, thank you so much for your time today and for being on our program and giving us this education on this unique area of healthcare. Thank you, Thanks. Colin. Uh, we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. I certainly really appreciated both Chris and Nissa giving me an education on the access issues and some of the efficiency challenges with IDDs and helping people with autism. I never really thought about how difficult it must be to do an assessment of this type using something like Excel or even paper. So I found it very interesting to learn that Central Reach is playing in this space to improve that. And as you know, right now, anything that can help a clinician reduce time, reduce that administrative work, and to spend more time with their patients is a good thing. And hey, if you enjoyed this interview, we'd encourage you to go to our website, healthcareittoday.com, to check out more great content like this. I'm Colin Hung. Thanks for being here, and we'll catch you on the next video.